It's now time on realagriculture.com for the beef market update with Ann Wasco, sponsored by the Gateway Livestock Exchange. Ann, how's it going? I am super good, Sean. Well, you know, this is, uh, we're, we're doing this over the weekend, and I know that you have spent all week in New Orleans at the NCBA convention. How's that been? Well, it's been a tough job, but somebody had to do it. <laughs> you know, Sean, this convention, as you as you well know, it's um, I think for for the cattle industry, whether we're, you know we're talking North America, certainly and maybe beyond, it's the biggest one I'm certainly aware of. Um, a massive trade show, and this is again for cattle, uh, seven acre trade show. So you you needed your walking shoes down here. Um, been a little cool, but not not like what the rest of the country's getting. But it's it's a big conference, just lots of people. I haven't heard a, a an actual number, but it was registrations were ahead of last year for sure. Okay, that, that's enough about the convention, the conference. That, yeah, whatever. That's how you that's how you justify it. But how was Bourbon yeah. Street? Come on, that's why you really went. <laughs> Bourbon Street and the uh, activities that that occur. When the lights go out here or when the sun goes down, yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting, interesting. Absolutely. Uh, the cold weather doesn't seem to stop those uh, those activities, let's put it that way. No, no, you got to push through. you got to persevere if you're going to uh, go to the NCBA convention. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah. lot, lots of stuff goes on this week. So there's, like you mentioned, there's the trade show, there's the sessionals with keynotes, there's also the, a lot of the committee meetings going on. There's a lot of activity that's happening in, in one place at one time. I, I know for you, one of the big highlights is the Cattle Facts report that they do on, sometimes it's Friday morning, sometimes it's Thursday morning. Uh, what, what did Cattle Facts have to say this year? Well, this, this year, yeah, it was bright and early Thursday morning. Um, certainly, you know, they, they do have Dr. Douglas do his weather forecasts, and uh, many of us will hear him next month in, uh, in Red Deer. But he, for the U.S., it's certainly setting up to be um, a classic El Nino condition still occurring, um, likely right into summer, meaning, you know, pretty good moisture. He's calling through the Corn Belt for the growing season, suggested they'll have uh, good conditions to get to get the crop in the ground. So from that perspective uh, and through a lot of the, the, the cattle producing areas where the cow herd is calling for some pretty good moisture conditions. Still, and he didn't talk a lot about the Canadian weather at this conference, but still concern in the deep south part of the prairies for, for Western Canada uh, in terms of being hot and dry again in 2019. So we'll see. And then it's, um, the guys carried on from Cattlefax and talked about markets. I would certainly say the, the overall tone um, when you walked away from the meeting was kind of that warning signal or sign that cow, cow numbers are still growing in the U.S. They're going to still have bigger beef production, probably peaking around 2020, 2021. Um, and so just to be cognizant of lots of beef around, they need trade, they need demand, all those things we talked about um, last year, they need them in spades again this year. So trade was a big discussion point kind of wherever you were at this conference. So uh, at the end of the day, calling for slightly lower prices than last year. Okay, and was I would assume Cattlefax, from a trade perspective for the U.S., was talking about the opportunity potentially to to get some sort of a deal with Japan. Was that was that kind of their bright light, yeah. or was it about China that the resolution there? Where were no. where were they looking to? Is yeah, the sure. lights at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, well, <laughs> certainly to keep uh, keep going where they've had some real 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 victories, and of course that's Korea, and then of course as you mentioned, uh, getting a deal done uh, with with Japan and. And of course, uh, Secretary Vag Sunny Purdue did speak uh, at the closing session yesterday here, and he 
he certainly talked about trade and specifically mentioning, you know, working on a bilateral with Japan. So that that was, uh, I guess, if you're if you're looking for where the light at the tunnel is, the, those were the key areas they talked about. I didn't hear USMCA mentioned much at all anywhere here this week. So whether that's good or bad, I don't know. I think it is. It's one of those unknowns that we just simply have right now. Yeah, and I, I think probably it's it's even though there's some concerns about the ratification through Congress, it, it's probably the least of the worries on the trade front uh, that's going on right now, or it, it seems the most likely to proceed. Let, maybe that's the best way to, yeah. or it's, it's the most I, likely to proceed. And I think that's proceed. why, yeah, and that's why I think it wasn't top of mind or talked about here yeah. much. Yeah, did, yeah. did Purdue say anything else that uh, kind of caught your ear? Oh, um, that would have been, you know, the big thing, trade, trade, trade. He did talk, you know, he brought up things like traceability. He brought up things about, Good fences amongst neighbors. <laughs> mm. That was an interesting analogy. Um, so, but yeah, he really focused a good section of his presentation on on trade and where they got to be. So, okay. So traceability. Uh, interesting, you brought that up. I, I know that you did. You went to some committee meetings, hearing uh, updates on some of the things the U.S. is working on there. Yeah. So, of course, with my role now as chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, I. I made um, made sure I made it to. Uh, there was a couple of meetings here on the where the status of where the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef is at, um, and you know they're they're certainly in a process still of uh, kind of putting together the framework and 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 working on things that we've been able to get through over the past couple of years. So, but good to hear some of the presentations um, that were made from those that are involved with the roundtable talking about today's consumer and what the consumer is looking for and why it's important to um, engage and talk about uh, our story as far as cattle producers are concerned, be proud, be, be, be aggressive in terms of uh, talking about not just the kind of the, the social risks, but the social benefits of cattle. And, and so it was, it was good to hear it um, out there. And I think the more that we talk about it from a North American perspective, uh, the faster we're going to move this needle. And if anybody out there has any videos of Dan or of Ann two-stepping to the Big and Rich concert uh, last night, I would love to see those. I was apparently on the big screen. Were yeah. you? <laughs> you must have. I, been, you I must have really been rocking out. Wow. Well, it was it was the classic two-step. Awesome. I like it. I like it. Uh, like I said, NCBA is always, it, it is always a blast. It is one of, it, honestly, for the 10 years of real agriculture, some of my biggest, greatest memories of covering events is, I, I love NCBA. It is a great meeting. It is so much fun. And uh, I'm really jealous that you uh, you were down there. Sean, you got it. Okay, get it on your calendar for 2020. It's going to be in San Antonio, uh, February 5th to 7th. So there you go. There's the plug for next year's NCBA. And San Antonio is a very fun town as, as well. And next year I will be able to go because Farm Tech and NCBA will no longer overlap. They're going back to the staggered schedule, which is uh, I'm much Perfect. in favor of. Much in favor of. Good. Hey, uh, let's talk about some of the fundamentals here that we've been uh, seeing in the cattle market. We got a bit of a difference going on in terms of weight gains in the U.S. and Canada. The, the, we've sort of separated what, what's going on. Well, and it all goes to weather, Sean. So, and we've seen this happen before, uh, but this year, what's happened, of course, is some some real wet weather that started in the in the U.S., especially in cat, cattle feeding areas, uh, Kansas, especially uh, Nebraska, um, even into uh, Oklahoma and Texas. But they've had uh, pretty nasty conditions for some time now, and now you add some some wicked cold to it, 
um, and you've got cattle performance that's not uh, kind of up to snuff or up to average. And so as a result, carcass weights are down uh, for, for U.S. fed cattle. And uh, that has, you know, it's certainly adding to the cost parameters, but it's re- reducing taking beef off the market, which when we get in further into the spring, we call that a weather market. And we often see a nice pop to the fat cattle market in these kinds of years. Opposite scenario going on in southern Alberta, however, we've had, of course, as you well know, a, a very mild winter. Just until recently, we've, we've hardly had much winter at all. And uh, so cattle performance in western Canada for, for feedlot performance and cattle performance period has been superb. So last week, for example, carcass weights on steers were 24 pounds heavier than they were the same time a year ago. So that starts to... Add, and we've got more cattle on feed, so you put all that together and it's simply more pounds of beef at the end of the day, which the market's going to have, it, have to adjust to, and that's usually in a negative fashion. Yeah, not, not good for the Canadian fundamentals. What is, what, so does that, uh, do we see that in the basis, or do, what, what is the impact we should be looking out for? Well, both, both things. So basis, therefore, the market's down. So this week, uh, Alberta fat cattle were, were down five bucks, five cents a pound from last year, or for last week. So it's off. And uh, same thing. And we talked about this. We've had a pretty significant basis shift uh, as we've started 20, 2019. And uh, today's levels um, kind of sitting at that minus, minus five, whereas this time last year, we were well over par. So, yeah, big basis swing compared to this time last year. So does that mean we're going to see possibly more Canadian live cattle going south or am I getting way too far ahead of myself? No, I don't think you are getting too far ahead of yourself. That was certainly one of the things we saw in the marketplace this week, uh, fed cattle making their way into the U.S. Now, you know, there's only going to be so many that can go because the U.S. has more cattle on feed as well. But uh, certainly that's been the case. And, you know, we'll have to watch feeder cattle move it. That could be something that starts to happen as this basis shift kind of goes back to what we used to see, which is what it's starting to shape up like. Then certainly feeder cattle movement could go back south again. Awesome stuff, and always great insight here in the Beef Market Update. Hey, by the way, when you were on Bourbon Street, did you wear a costume or you just go as yourself? No, I wore I wore my cowboy hat. <laughs> you went as Ann Wasco. I like it. Me too. <laughs> I was there once, and uh, I no costume for this guy. Hey, Ann, really appreciate it. Uh, safe travels home, okay? Okay, thanks, Sean. Talk soon. That is Ann Wasco of the Gateway Livestock Exchange joining us every two weeks here on the Beef Market Update, and you can catch more of Ann at realagriculture.com.